to be on. The right show. I'm absolutely. I am buzzing. I'm totally buzzing. This is this is part of my bucket list. Yes. I love it. I wish. Perfect. I wish I. It's good, but I'll tell you what. It's the ice is very bad. It's not so. Yeah, you know what happened? It snowed, and then the cold is like. How do I put it? The cold has definitely. It just froze. So now there's like these frozen patches. It's oh, wow. yeah. It's like dangerous, but it's not so cold. I'm going to put my headphones on real quick. Go ahead. I went out on my bike. On, I went to work on my bike on Monday morning. Did you? And, uh, I, came, I came off. Came off on the ice. It's been knee, but my... Oh, I've got such a sore arse, you won't believe. <laughs> I went down on my arse. My God, it's so sore. I had to have the next day off to recuperate. I was so stiff. When you get to my age, you can't be falling off your bike, you know. It's just a hot. <laughs> Oh, I know that. (laughs) Now, this is me. This Murder Bedtime with Lyndon. His show is awesome. He's on YouTube and any podcasting platform. I am the right shoe, Debbie Q. And we both decided to research the Springfield 3, which I have to be honest, I did not realize was the rabbit hole that it was until I started really looking through it. Because like we were just talking about, I went on and it's so old now, it's from 92, that I found stuff that was made, you know, in early and then they didn't know, you know, it just seems like more and more was added as the years went on. And it's... I mean, yeah, there was so much, I mean, YouTube is just full of it, isn't it? Uh, you know, there's all different sort of things. But really, the story revolves around just one thing, you know, and uh, what happened to them people. And there's only so many witnesses and so many sort of like uh, reasons why it may have happened. So it's not that bad. It? Yeah, it's something you can break down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to put it short, there was three... Stacy, let me just bring it up on my computer for the names. It was June 1992. Yeah, tell tell what happened. Tell basically what is the um, issue. Let me just tell you, I'll, start, I'll tell you who they were. It was um, 19-year-old Susie Streeter, 18-year-old Stacy McCall, and um, Susie's mother, Cheryl Levitt, 47. Okay. Uh, they, they are the we would say the supposed victims in the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And they, they, they were living in um, Missouri. And uh, what are we going to say about that? Apart from, let me say to you, yeah, they were living in Seattle to start with. Uh, husband, Brent Streeter. Uh, they divorced just after Susie was born and they moved to Springfield, Missouri in 1980. Okay. okay? Yeah. Where... Uh, where Cheryl married a Don Levitt in, eight, in 1989. Uh, but then Don did, Don did a bit of a runner uh, not long after, leaving Cheryl with a load of creditors. And in 1992, Cheryl decided to downsize. Now, excuse me. Now, we don't know, do we? She downsized because she needed to pay her creditors. 
or whether she was just downsizing and getting away from it all because she couldn't afford everything and because uh, there was only her and Susie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they at one point, they the son had said that he, you know, he he feels that she was going to try to flip the house, you know, make money off it. So that's probably true. Maybe she just wanted to. She was trying to take care of her and her daughter and her son, who yeah. I, I the son played a big part the in. Son was so bad, Is that yeah. th- that's his name? OK. And he was a, a bit of an alcoholic and she had kicked him out at one point because they, you know, he 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 basically when he was on, I had watched um, the Disappear documentary and he was on there saying, you know, I basically she told me you're not going to behave like this under my roof. You know, she kicked him out. Then the uh, Susie Streeter had moved in with him at one point and then they didn't even get along. So she moved back in with her mother, Cheryl. Yeah, they lived. They lived together very for a very short while, didn't they? Uh, apparently, he had an alcohol problem, bad alcohol problem, right from when he was in his when he was seventeen. Yeah. And uh, apparently, I think Susie came home one night and he had his like um, heavy metal on, really, really loud. Um, she asked him to um, turn it down. He'd had a few beers and he was. I think he was aggressive towards yeah. her. And she moved out and went back to her mum, where they decided that they were going to sort of like disown him and have nothing more to do with him because he was so much trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, so the issue comes when they go to graduate. It was graduation day, June 5th or June 6th, excuse me, of 1992. Yeah. And the girls, it was, it was Susie Streeter. And uh, there was also... Uh, Stacy, also another friend, wasn't there? Janelle. Uh, which was Janelle Kirby. Janelle Kirby. Uh, yeah, that's right. So there was the three friends. Now, incidentally, I'm, I'm sure you know this, uh, Debs, but the thing was, there was also, they were they were graduating from Kickapoo, weren't they? Kickapoo High School. Yes, yep. Kickapoo, Kickapoo High School had put in a thing where they were going to have an alcohol-free um, party night at the school which would be locked in until 8am the following morning. But the three girls didn't want to do that because they wanted to party. Yeah, I did hear that. And that is, you know, when you look back, I'm sure because the mother of, I'm jumping ahead, but the mother of Stacey McCall had come and she, you probably go back and forth with, I wish that they had stayed at the hotel now because at the time she didn't want them to stay at the hotel. She wishes now they would have stayed at the hotel. What I think happened was was they had arranged to go to some parties and then they were going to stay at a motel in Branson. Okay. Which was 45, 45 miles away, but it had a water park. Janice, the mother, wasn't happy with the fact that they were going to go and stay in this motel hotel. 45 miles away overnight to get to this water park early in the morning. So when she actually got a phone call from uh, uh, Stacey, isn't it? Yes. Yes. They were no longer going to go to the water park. They were going to go to Janelle's. Okay. She was much, much happier. But then, of course, other things happened, as you know, Janelle's was too packed. Yes. They decided they wouldn't stay there. So they decided to go back and stay at um, 
the other friends, yeah. You know? Did Cheryl... Uh, Yes. And they go to the house. Now, this is where it even starts to become a mystery because I guess Janelle was the last person to have seen them. Was she the last person? Janelle said that, yeah, well, I believe Janelle said that she saw them leave between 2 and 2.15. Yeah, and that's, and then there was a wait, see, and that, uh, there's so much weird stuff because a waitress had said she saw them between 1 and 3 a.m. at this diner but that would totally you know that the timeline is very odd because people started coming forth saying they saw them here and saw them there but we do know that at some point these girls were in Cheryl Levitt's house and the next day when Janelle called them to go to this water park that you know you just were saying they go there's no answer they she said she called like 10 20 times and Nobody was answering the phone. So that her and her boyfriend got alarmed and they went to go over. And I'll tell you what, you had said this to me in the beginning. And at first it never hit me, but it was weird. They came up to the house. All the cars were parked outside and there was a light outside the porch. Now the light itself wasn't broke, but the outer shell of it was. And then they cleaned it up. But when you first had said... It just didn't hit me. But then I'm thinking, yeah, where did what they just suddenly got this broom? Not that I'm saying anything. It was just weird. I don't know. I, my my first instinct would have been to run in that house if I seen a broken light on the ground. But, you know, who knows? It, it, he could have just been thinking, oh, my God, let me clean this up for her. It just was another weird incident in many weird incidents to follow. So what did you think? You know, so they go into the house. There's nobody there except the dog Cinnamon, the, the Yorkie. Like, 
back then they del- the the I had several answer machines in my day. I never had one that automatically deleted anything. It always came up, would you like delete? So some people were saying, oh, the, it automatically deleted. But I do believe the mother was in such a state. I think she probably deleted it herself. But like you said, what are you doing running around in these people's? It, that part was baffling. It, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> baffling that part is wild and and then the thing that gets me is janelle says she walks in i mean and i you know i have no reason not to believe her the phone rings and it's an obscene phone call and then they call again now that only freaked me out a little because when we were little i mean obscene phone calls were this big thing in this neighborhood it was such a big thing to crank call and I remember there was a crank caller, and this sounds, I mean, this is disgusting. In this day and age, they would have tracked this guy down and arrested him. But we used to go to the school, and across the school was a, an Acme, and there was a phone, and the phone would ring. It was a payphone. We would answer it, and this guy would always be like, I see you girls. And he would say exactly what we were wearing. He must have been right across the street looking at us. And we would talk to the guy. I mean, we were 11. We were, you know, young kids. You know, nowadays, oh, my God, all hell would break loose. But the thought is, like, back then there was a lot of crank calls. Were these guys, like, how did they know they were in there at that exact time? Or was it just a coincidence? I feel like was somebody watching that house? I don't know. That that part was a mystery, too, about the, the phone call. You know, the two obscene phone calls. Uh, the obscene phone calls, I not get that at all. I really don't get that at all. I mean, I just know that if somebody rang me up and, and I heard an obscene phone call, I'd remember every word. Yes. I'd remember every word. I mean, and this is why, just jumping forward a little bit, Deb. Yeah. When, um, when Janice... This is Stacey's mum, yeah? Yeah. When she says about her phone call, and she says she can't remember it, and she accidentally deleted it, I don't remember, I don't believe that for one minute. I agree. I the police have told her to say that. The police know what on that thing, and they, they don't, she, there's no way that she would forget what was on that phone call, and there's no way she'd accidentally delete it. I don't believe it. Yeah, you're right. You know what? They probably told her... Keep that to yourself in case anybody ever says what was said, because then they'll know. I mean, I still remember what those obscene phone callers said to me when I was 11. I can still tell you. Yeah, I can, rem- I can remember the only one anybody ever sent me. Was it a good one? No. <laughs> I mean, but you remembered. Uh, it was from a man. Really? That was a bit disturbing. And it was, a, it was many, many years ago. I honestly can't divulge what it said. It's too I'm not a rude person of any sort. I even swear when I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, me too. Me too. When I'm at work, I swear like a trooper. Can I swear when I'm doing a podcast? No. You're right. I do try to limit that. Once in a while it slips out, but I'm very conscious of that. But see, you remember that phone call. Phone calls that 
you would never forget it. Yes. You know, she was heartbroken. She's not trying to cover anything up. She was heartbroken, lost her daughter. She still is heartbroken, you know. She still won't even let her be declared dead. Yes. absolutely heartbroken about it. If you see her, how devastated she is. Yeah, devastated. She she definitely wouldn't forget that phone call and she wouldn't uh, delete it by mistake. That's something that the police have told her to do. That's what probably happened, Lynn, and they probably, oh, man, they probably didn't delete. You're right. I think you're right. I, I do absolutely agree with that because, I mean, I know even from here, like the homicide detectives, there is so much they keep because they just don't want to give it out to the public. And that's true. They And they probably sit on it. And it's just, But you got to do it because then if somebody says that, you would know that they knew more than they were saying, which so... You know, so they go into the house and, and they, you know, the, the, the pocketbooks were lined up side by side. And this is true. Back in the day when I would tell my mom I was going somewhere, we did not have cell phones. So you would basically say, I'm going to my friend's house. If my mom now we pretty much live very close to each other, but my mom might not see me or hear from me for 10, 12 hours. And that's just how it was. You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have what we have now. There, There's nothing odd about that whole timeline because it does make sense with the technology of that time. It, it comes to the part, you know, and of course, at first they looked at the brother right away, but they, they quickly eliminated him. And you can tell even in Today's when he is interviewed today, he's devastated because he said, I've never made up with the girls. That's right, yeah. You know, and that's a shame because he's got to feel guilt like I should have been in that house. I should have. I can't imagine. I, you know, the brother quickly eliminated. I mean, I don't know which part you want to tackle next because they're the, the part with her ex boyfriend. You know, which, which part? Well, first of all, it was, first of all, Janice is still under the impression that she's at Janelle's. Yes, it, yes. It, take, it takes Janice a long time to find out that actually Stacy is not at Janelle's. She went back to Susie's. So after trying to get in touch with her for a long time, she goes over there as well because by this time, um, Janelle has gone. Her and her boyfriend have gone. So um, he then... Um, she goes and does her looking around and everything and finds out that there's, there's all the, um, what you call, um, I think you call them, uh, purses, we call them handbags. Yeah. And, uh, and a pocketbook is a purse. So we will be back in that. Just for the UK uh, listeners, they're looking, they're looking through the handbags and in the purses, it was found, wasn't it, that um, Sue, uh, Cheryl had $900. Yes, yes. She just got paid and she's not banked. Yet, so she actually had nine hundred dollars. Also, um, they were both chain smokers, um, Cheryl and yes. uh, Susie, and they hadn't taken their cigarettes and their lighters. And also, Stacy's migraine medicine was still in her purse. Never went anywhere without her migraine uh, medicine. So they got all these things. They would not have gone without these things. Turn to the fact that they could account for. All of Stacey's clothes, and the only thing they could, uh, you know, account for was her underwear and a T-shirt. Oh, no. So she was actually in uh, stuff that she got ready for bed. I mean, so, so whoever took them, whatever happened was definitely, you know, I think, did somebody come in with a gun? 
there was no another thing that is a little alarming is there was absolutely no disruption there was no i mean outside of the broken glass the inside of the house was relatively unscathed i'm thinking of somebody coming in and like get out and they're you know mass chaos bang 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 there was none of that it was something very sudden and slick meaning Shady. Yeah, it, was, it was all very strange. It, it makes you wonder whether those two girls that came back were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, that's it. Who do you think was the... That's a good point. Who was the target? Well, I have a theory on that, but I think we'll leave that to the Yeah, end. yeah. I'm sure you've got one too. Yeah, yeah. I have a little bit so, of... Yeah. Uh, so, to the, if we end the sort of background bit, what's happened is, I mean... Um, the telly was on in the living room and it was showing static. Which is disturbing. In, in Cheryl's bedroom, there was a reading glasses on the side of the nightstand, but there was an open book on the bed. So she had presumably been reading in bed. Um, Susie had taken her makeup off and got undressed. Um, Stacey also had got undressed for bed. But, oh, but the but, uh, in one of the uh, bedrooms, I think it was Susie's, somebody had opened the blinds as though they were looking outside. You know when they opened two and Yes. Yes. That was left there, but somebody was looking outside. But as you say, that is about it. Yeah. In the house, the dog is agitated. When, when they get there, the dog has not been harmed, but it's very agitated. I believe it's a Yorkshire Terrier called Cinnamon. Cinnamon. They did at that time ask her what uh, Janice said got her on the ball of starting to, you know, print those flyers. They printed 40,000 flyers. Flyer up. I would too. I mean, I that I commend the community for supporting them that way because sometimes, you know, people are funny, but you know, she said when the police asked her for the dental records, it just she said that's when it hit her like a ton of brick. What? What? You know, she said, I see my daughter graduating last night, and now they're asking me for her dental records. I mean, it had to really just shock her. And and that's when she printed the flyers, and they went to the stores. All the stores seemed very gracious and hanging them up. And then the next point is, I guess they start, really looking for them but there was really not that much to go on it like i said they brought in the brother quickly but they eliminated him fairly quickly and then they started looking elsewhere yeah you know where are these girls what happened whatever happened was done very precisely for lack of a better word they got them out of that house in a very quick manner like you said if the one girl's wearing underwear oh and then there was a sighting a woman had said now they never substantiated this they believed it to be credible it was a greenish colored van some disputed the color but it was one of those vans like those old school vans it was a dodge panel van wasn't it panel van that's the word 
And they, she said that she saw somebody come up at 6.30 a.m. She was sitting on the porch and she heard there was a girl who looked stressed in the front. And the somebody, she heard somebody from the back saying, pull out of here. And, he, and something to the effect of, don't do anything stupid. Back out of here quietly. That's what the lady claims. Okay. Okay. So that that was it. But the the police did think this was credible because they actually got a panel van and put it outside of their station and said, "Does that does anybody recognize this?" They yeah. didn't find anything. You know, after that sighting. Well, there was another guy, wasn't there? There was another guy who said he'd seen the girl. Sitting in the van, and and uh, with a color difference. Taken down the registration number, but later just thrown it away. Oh yes! And they tried to hypnotize him. They tried to hypnotize him. The police did, and he managed to remember three digits, I believe. Wow, that's got to be so that's frustrating. That was another uh, another thing that went down the uh, went down the alley. And but, if that's true, I mean, say it was true. And say it was them. Who were they and where were they taking them? I mean, if that, you know, because I'm just trying to think of, I, I am always trying to put myself, like I, I try to submerse myself into that night of being those three girls, of being in that house, of somebody knocking on the door and or whatnot, and then getting out of this house scared to death. They had to be scared to death. I mean, no matter what was going on, because ultimately what happened could not have been good. And that's what, and I try to think, where did they take them? What happened after that? They had psychics coming out. And, and what happened? Where are they? What did happen? You know, and you go through a whole bunch of things. It's disturbing on so many levels. You know, three girls. One girl is bad, but three girls is... That's what they kept well, saying. I mean, it, it, look, it looked very much like it was more than one person, doesn't it? Absolutely. The, the, the only reason they think it, it could be one person was, was they to keep them under control. He'd have had to have one of them driving and two of them tied up in the back. Wouldn't have been able to keep control of three women. It's why they may have... Whoever did see that map might have seen Susie driving. They hold, I don't know if the police hold much credence with it, Deb. I think they think, how did the woman who was sitting on her patio hear say that, and, you know, with the windows of the van closed? And also, you know, it would be very hard to identify it as the right person. So that's a blind alley. Yeah, and it's true. Like I'm think. I mean, me. I first of all, I can barely hear as it is. I I would never be able to hear anything. I agree. I I did hear somebody bring that up, which was a good point. How did she hear that? You know, it, it is a great point. And and then from there, it became. I, I guess that's when they started delving into the background of the other girls, which brings up the one girl's ex boyfriend. Was yeah. it Susie Streeter? It's Susie Streeter's two boyfriends, isn't it? There's two boyfriends. I have their names written down. Dustin Weckler and Michael Clay. Dustin Reckler? Yeah. Uh, Michael Clay is only Dustin Reckler's friend, isn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, but Dustin Reckler, yeah, you, can, you tell the bit about Dustin Reckler, all right? Yeah, so he had went, apparently this guy was a real piece of work, he was making money off of going into 
mausoleums, graveyards, and whatnot, digging out the literally cutting off the heads to get to the gold teeth in the heads of these dead skeletons, people, etc., taking the gold and bringing it to a pawn shop where he would get money for it, and he got caught. And they were now... As Susie Streeter said she was going to fully cooperate with the authorities and testify against him. And that was coming up. That's when this literally happened was like right before. Now, people brought up the fact, oh, you know, that they wouldn't have got much time for that. But let's get back to what they were doing. Just the fact that it's a little morbid that you're cutting off heads. It's ghoulish, isn't it? It's so ghoulish. It's ghoulish. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great word. Ghoulish. It's who does that? That's who, yeah. I mean, who? Put, I mean, you know, that is, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it, but but and hair, but that was felt. That was to sell the bodies. Yes. Medical science. I mean, this is actually taking gold teeth out of school spaces. Oh my god. That's disturbing on every level. Crazy. And then bring, I just, I mean, that is, that is not normal. That's, you know, and I know people sell anything. I understand that. But usually get the copper wire out of an old abandoned building, not the heads off of dead people. You know what I mean? Like it goes to another level of weird. From what, from what I heard as well, that during the interviews by the police, um, Michael Clay, yeah? Yes. He actually said, I hope, I hope they're dead. Yes, he did say that. And and that's, you know, and, yeah. and you're being interviewed and that's the statement you pull out? On the sheriff at the time, Terry Knobs. N- no, what's the... Apparently when Terry... When, well, when t- Terry Knobs, he was the one who interviewed the uh, two, Rickler and Clay, um, himself. And apparently he was known for doing the interviews himself, that rather than letting better, well-trained detectives do it, he liked to sort of be actually disregarded them from his inquiries. Well, now, the sheriff who's in charge now of Springfield, he says they shouldn't have been disregarded. Absolutely not. Going that way. I, I absolutely, absolutely agree. I think they should not have been, because... You know, I think people are just automatically, like I've heard sex trafficking. I know we're going to get to Robert Cox because he was a huge part of this story. That is true to discount. You know, I've heard of people do far worse for far less, that kind of thing. People freak out. You don't, it, it could have been, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, did these guys like say, okay, let's scare these girls. And then they went over and then something out of their control happened and it became a mess. Like you, that's the part, you know, what? I, I, I actually agree. I actually, I've heard that and you saying that, I, I agree with that. That is something that could have happened. They didn't, they did, you know, I'm not saying they did anything. Right. But if it was them, they could quite easily have gone over there. I don't think they wanted to kill them, but they wanted to do something and things got out of hand. I agree that could be, be part of it. Yeah, because yeah. I think a lot of times there's... I've just heard of like kids that like right right now Philadelphia's homicide rate it's through the roof and I'll be honest with you a lot of times their stories are well it wasn't supposed to go to this level this wasn't supposed to happen and that's all I could think of when I was going through this I'm thinking 
you know, because we don't know what happened, anything's up in the air. And that makes just as much sense as anything else. And that's it's like two rabbit holes because <laughs> you can go yeah, through well, each. You can. Deb. I mean, did you come across the boyfriend before before that one, the one at the uh, mausoleum and the great god, the guy called Mike Kovacs? No, I don't think I heard of that one. Well, this was the boyfriend that she had before that, uh, and he was before Dustin Reckler, and she actually lived with him with, for three months and had a very abusive relationship with him, wow. and which ended up in her getting a restraining order against him. I did not even hear that part. That's, that's... That is the, boy, that's the boyfriend she had before Dustin Reckler. Was he, he actually did, was questioned, and he did take a um, lie detector, and he did pass. So okay. uh, maybe he can be, he can be, he can be you know, eliminated. Sort of wow, yeah. I didn't even hear that one, though. See yeah, what I mean? Yeah. There's so many. Thing, if you go looking, like the pair of us presumably got looking at different things. Yes. And, uh, you know, went down different things where there's different information where you're saying to me something I, I haven't heard. Yeah, right. You know, and I'm saying something to you that I haven't heard. So, you know, it's it's like two two minds. Yes, exactly. Because there was yeah. a whole bunch of people that started coming up. You know, like after they got to the, you know, because we'll I guess we'll get to Robert Cox. But then even after Robert Cox, there was like this Gerald. He comes up and 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 it just became more and more like you know this serial killer was there, and then they bring up this sex trafficking. And it just does. It started to get like what, you know, at this point, I've heard, I watched so many YouTube videos. It became, as time went on, more and more things started piling on that could have happened. You know, because if you listen to the earlier ones, it was like two things, you know, then it got to be 10 different things. Well, things have been added, things have been added all the time, and it by this and that. But also, you've got these, uh, you know, these people, these these um, in, inmates who uh, you know have got this complex. What's it? A narcissist complex. Yes. Whatever it is, who admit to everything. Yeah. Just so they can stay in the zoos. They're narcissistic. Yeah, that's it. Narcissistic. Narcissistic. So uh, you know, so and uh, as you say, we're going to get on to Cox, who is definitely narcissistic. Oh, my God. He comes out. Now, apparently, Robert Cox did live in that area at that time. Now, he comes out. Now, now I, my first thing when somebody admits to, you know, he comes into the thing and says, I know they're dead. But he doesn't give any allusion. He says, oh, I'll let you know after my mother dies. But I, my first thing when somebody yeah. like that says something like that. My first instinct is he's trying to trying to get leverage for some crime to get maybe less time on. That's the first thing I always think of when somebody does that. Have you got the Have you got the history of Cox there? What he did? He does have an interesting backstory, and he was a weird guy. Like, and but you you know what? You're right. He absolutely comes across as such a narcissist. Robert Cox, a convicted kidnapper and robber, claimed that he knew the women had been murdered, and that their bodies would never be recovered. 
He was imprisoned in Texas as a convicted kidnapper and robber and the suspect in a Florida murder. He told the journalists that he knew the three women had been murdered and buried and claimed their bodies would never be recovered. He had been living in Springfield in 1992 and... He had told investigators that he was with his girlfriend at church that morning after the girls disappeared, which she corroborated. However, later she recanted her statement and said that Cox had asked her to say that. Cox also stated that he was at the home of his parents the night of the disappearance, and they confirmed this alibi. Authorities were uncertain if Cox was involved with the case or if he was just seeking recognition for the alleged murders by ensuing false statements, you know, which you're never sure about because he had killed this woman and her name was Sharon Zellers. Yes. Yeah, she had, she was work, they, they, for a long time, her, I believe that her murder was unsolved for a while, right, Sharon Zellis? Ten years. Ten years, wow, okay. So that's why they were believing, perhaps, but I'm thinking, I, I don't know, I what do you think of Robert Cox? Like, what do you make of him saying that they're dead, I know they're dead, I mean, was he, you know, he wasn't saying anything specific. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just fill in a bit about uh, yeah. what I know about uh, okay. Robert Craig Cox, all right? Yeah, yeah. And see what you think. Now, Robert Craig Cox, he was an ex-army ranger, yeah? Yeah. And, um, on, and, he, and he, was, he, was, he was found, he was uh, taken to trial for the, the murder of a Sharon Zellers. Uh, in uh, December, I think it was 1978, uh, he murdered her on her way home from work at Disneyland. Yes, uh, yes. He actually, he, he actually went back to his hotel room where he was staying with his mum and dad on holiday and was admitted to the hospital because he'd lost an inch of his tongue. That's right. I do remember. Go ahead. Yeah. I do remember this, he but tell this story. This is good. An inch of his tongue. Which he dis- which he dis- said that he'd lost in a fight. Now it's more likely that Sharon bit it off. Good for her. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's probably the chief pissing him off. Anyway, he didn't get tried for Sharon's murder for ten years, in which time he was already in prison, serving nine years for attacking two girls who escaped from him. Oh my! God. He was then found guilty. He was then found guilty of Sharon's murder, but then was acquitted due to lack of evidence on appeal. Uh, so guess where he moved? So guess when he came out of prison, where he moved to? Missouri. Oh, my God. Where, funnily enough, he got a job in the same car selling place. What do you call them there in America? Uh, places... Uh, you know, garages that sell cars. Yeah, car dealerships. Yeah, car dealerships, absolutely. He a job in a car dealership in the same garage as Stacey's dad. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, for, so, I forgot that tongue. I did read, he kept saying he bit his tongue, but they were like, no, it's facing the wrong way. You know, they could yeah, tell that somebody right. bit it. Yeah. Which I was like, he good for you. Yeah. He must have had plastic surgery for me because he lost the bit of top. Oh, so, it's like it was like an inch. Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, good for her, though. Reason, I mean, Stacey's dad didn't remember him at all. 
Well, well, he did work briefly in the same garage, and Stacy used to take food and sandwiches to her dad's office. There you go. There's another bit of. Uh, I mean, because you know, stick in the pot. and that, and the, you know, this guy could, you know, you don't know, like, man, that just makes it so nerve wracking that any wacko can see a nice girl, and you don't know if they're become obsessed with them. It, and just the fact that I always come back to that obscene phone call because when she when Janelle walked in there and she says that she got two obscene phone calls, were they watching the house when she was in there? That that's what I always take from that is that she that they were watching that house still to see what happened after they got those girls. I that's I, it might be totally false, but I just it's just such a coincidence. The only thing, Deb, I've got with that is, did we have mobiles in 92? I had a pager. So was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where'd he come from? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd he what make the call? He, what, what did he read on? Yeah, you're right. Well, Unless... I'm not sure. I don't think I had a mobile. No. I, I don't think I had a mobile until 90, 1995 or 96. And I was even late. I didn't even get one until 2001. But my sister had one around 96, but I really don't think, unless there was a payphone, you're right, how would he even, or a house nearby, how would he even have seen it? That's a very good point. Wow, you forget how much we couldn't do (laughs) without mobiles. It's amazing. That is so true. I I think that might, I don't think we had mobiles in 92. No, no. I don't think we did. The ones that were, were, they were them really great big things. Yeah, they carry the battery around. Carry the battery around with the other hand. Oh my God! I remember my friend had one, and it was like you said, it was so it weighed about fifty pounds. That is so true. So that's true. I mean, uh, such a weird. You really. Oh, that's amazing. I, I, oh, I, I. You know, it breaks my heart because I. I always go back to this, what, you know, they had to be so scared. It drives me crazy because whatever happened to them was not good. And I just think, and if Cinnamon, the dog, you know, Janelle said when she walked in, the dog had jumped into her arms. So Cinnamon was gravely upset and dogs are so perceptive. And I have a Yorkie myself, and he is very perceptive to my feelings. You know that he saw whatever happened. You know, And even if it wasn't, <clears throat> if it was just them being taken out of the house, the dog knew it was not good. They, they you know, they have those senses. Their dogs are truly amazing. That's a whole other point. I, I just get so like, I just think of what how did they get? They had to have had a gun. How else would they have got yeah. them out of the house? And the three cars, their three cars are still sitting out there. You know, none Absolutely. of their, you know what I mean? Like, so their cars are there. Their purses are there. And the cigarette thing. I mean, my sister smokes. She's a, she's not a chain smoker, but she smokes. But if I saw her cigarette staying somewhere, that would alarm the hell out of me because I know my sister would not go without her cigarettes or herself. Well, there was no cell phones, but she wouldn't go without her cigarettes and she wouldn't go without her purse. You know, there's just no way. I mean, that's like that's that's a woman's right arm is your purse, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did you? 
pick up on, as we say, you know, Cox likes to stay in the limelight. He loves it. Oh, he does. He's been interviewed. He's been interviewed since, hasn't he? Yeah. Where he says that he knows that the Springfield Three are dead. Yes. He knows for a fact they are dead, but he will not divulge any more information until his mother dies. Yep, and she's still alive. And she now. She's in, she's in her eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So he said, but I don't think I. I actually don't think he did it, and I don't think he knows anything about it. I, wants to stay in the news. I, Lyndon, I completely agree with you. There's something about him that rings false. And I can't, I, I just yeah. think he's a punk that wants his limelight and he's being, he's actually being very, you know, what a shitty, what a shitty thing to do. I have to curse there because this poor woman She's trying to find her daughter, and you're giving her false hope that she'll even get closure. I, I just don't believe he had anything yeah. to do with it, and I think that's a shame to do that to somebody. You know, what a punk. Uh, you know, I just... But I agree. I, I think he just wanted attention. There was another guy named Gerald, and they were thinking him for a while because he was living in the area at the time. Let me see. Gerald, Gerald Carnahan. He was. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I know this one. So you'll be telling me something here because I don't know this one. Okay. Yeah. He came up later on in the game. Like the earlier versions of the Springfield three had nothing about Gerald. The later ones, he seems to be more and more talked about. I'm bringing him up now because I had. Okay. Do you have another one there? Why I look up Gerald. No, I don't think the only thing I've got now is really on Kathy Bed. Oh well what's that? What's that? I don't know that name. And I'll look up Gerald. That's Kathy Bed. That's the woman who was investigating it. Moved to Springfield and did the one with the bloke who did the ground searching thing on the Oh the psychic. She she's a psychic? Yeah, what I don't know this story. I know she said something about the this guy had went over. They they wanted to tear up the hospital, uh, the grounds of a hospital. Yeah, what is that about? Yeah, what happened? What, this Kathy Baird, right? Basically, I know you can switch this round in the edit, can't you? If you want to. Yes, yes. Um, so Kathy Baird was a woman who moved to Springfield, heard about the Springfield Three, and decided to become this sort of private investigator who was going to crack crack the case. Okay. So what she did was was that she, uh, her and um, she found out that there was a rumor going round that they were that they were under a hospital car park, the Cox South Hospital. Get the get the irony of that. So she got she got this this rumor was going round that, that the three bodies were buried under the Cox South Hospital, right? So she decides. To believe this, and she gets this guy called Rick Norman. Okay. Now he's one of these people who has got this uh, state-of-the-art machine that he runs over the concrete, and it shows you what's under the concrete. Now he finds three abnormalities under the concrete, right? So she wants to dig up the car park. Okay. So she goes to the police and asks them if they need to. There's three bodies under the car park. They need to dig up the car 
three women were put, were, were underneath the Cox South Hospital. And that's how it all went. It went viral on uh, think There's no proof to it at all. But anyway, this Rick Norland decides he's seen... I mean, if, if you watch the... If you, I've got to say, if you, if you watch the documentary, it's like a baby stroller. Yes, it is. Did she answer? Just like I don't a, think she's got a clue. yeah, I guess people just no, want this at, attention, you know. And, you know I think go ahead, yeah. That's it. But you can't, you can't just magic these things up. If it, you know, it's a, it's an amazing, it's a perfect. I mean, if it is a murder, we don't even know it's a murder. If it's a murder, it's it's a perfect murder. 
You're right. That's the thing. That's what makes it so baffling is it is a perfect murder. It's like, how did you get not one, but three, three people out of the house quietly? Nobody knows what's happened to them. It's just unbelievable. I do have, see this Gerald guy, I'm looking him up. He seems to, he had come up, but it it seems like his connection is a very loose one. He he was a serial yeah, killer. Yeah. It, it's not like like everything else. He had killed a girl named Jackie Johns, and he somehow came up because I believe Judge denies Gerald. Uh, he had been convicted of a murder. Jack Jackie Johns, a twenty year old waitress. She was found dead in 1985, and later through DNA evidence this guy Gerald Carnahan was linked to her crime they his name did come up with the Springfield three but it's like a loose I'm trying to think I I think because of his vicinity of where he lived in Missouri yeah so it just happens, you know, he, he's a, he's a, like another piece of crap guy that's in jail. And I think his name just came up because of the link between where he lived. I don't think there was any, I don't think he was like Cox and came up and said, I killed the Springfield three. It was more of this loose connection where his name came up and people that are, you know, the online sleuths that are very into, you know, investigating who could have done this. His name came up in conjunction with the vicinity of where he lived. And the fact that it took so long linking the DNA evidence to this Jackie Johns, but they don't even have DNA. I mean, what what would they do? See, this is the problem. They never found their bodies, any of these women. So what would they do with with DNA in this situation? I mean, as far as, you say this Gerald Carnahan was a really how would they even what could they there was no way they could connect him because there's nothing scientific to you know what i mean like it it really is just his name i kept hearing gerald carnahan that's because all the all the friends and family clean the house yeah you know that's a good point oh my god Lyndon, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. There's nothing. Do you know that is so true? Any evidence that could have been of value is basically had been eliminated back then. And the, the sheriff that I watched, he did keep reiterating that. What are we supposed to do when we're walking in days later? There's 18 people have been through there. And there's nothing. There's nothing. I mean, there's not even like blood somewhere that they, or if there was, yeah, it's been cleaned up. Where do they go from there? Where do you go? Besides these cockamamie, like everyone's bringing forth a, a possibility and there's like the stray Robert Cox is coming out. There's no real, real definitive per, I mean, Outside, I'm telling you, if you go through the whole story, the people with the gold teeth, I mean, to me, out of everybody, they're more apt to have been the perpetrators of this than anybody else. You know what I mean? (laughs) It really is baffling. I I kept looking and I'm like, it's mind blowing. 
you can say, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really pleased that you, you asked me to do this. Uh, yes. It was so, so interesting. I had never heard Springfield Three before, and I, I hope you're pleased that I am saying the Springfield Three and not the Springfield Six. No, when I saw that. God, he found out something and I don't know. I, I that's that's what I first thought. I said he knows something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, so I, you know what? I put posts up and everything saying, "Listen to me and Debbie from the right tune doing the Springfield Six. I had to take them all down. That's what I felt such an idiot. I was dying. I loved it. I, I, cause I'm thinking, oh my God, he found three more bodies. I, you know, and that is literally what I thought. I'm like, wow, he cracked the case. Like, I, you don't know what was going through my mind. Oh. And, then, and then when you said it was an accident, I was dying. You hadn't told me. Everybody else was being so polite. Nobody's going to tell me. People were just liking my voice. Aren't they the best? <laughs> 65% of my listening audience is from the US, right? And I bet they were all going, what is he on? He, he's going to do a podcast about this crime. I don't even know how many of them died. I'm telling you, I love people. I do. I've made so many, like, weird mistakes. And they, you're right. They just love it. That's why I love the podcast community. They just love you. They don't care. You go right ahead. We'll figure it out. Uh, Oh. Pick a good one, and I re I enjoyed I enjoyed looking into it. So I mean, I was watching. It's riveting. Documentaries, read it up. Oh my god! I mean, I mean, there is. There's also. I mean, there's another theory that I heard right at the end of my thing was that she was killed by drug dealers because apparently they were saying that she had a massive cocaine habit. Money to drug dealers, and they the two girls coming back were just collateral damage. Really? I mean, that could yeah, be, you know, so. I'm telling you, whenever I think of, um, whenever I hear of somebody getting killed, unfortunately, and, and again, I just go back to Philadelphia because our, our homicide rate is off the chain. I mean, this last year, 2020, we had 500 homicides, 500, which is ridiculous. 499. Yeah, well, you know what? It was 499, and then they added one on. I swear to God. I, I was, and, and and I was like, I mean, this sounds horrible, but I kept saying, it's going to reach 500. And then a call came in at 1230, but because the guy died at 1148, they tacked it on. I swear to God, true story. But 99% of all homicides are either drug-related or familial related meaning the husband and yeah, wife yeah. got into a fight you know it's all it's 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 usually the person knows it's rarely this out of the blue oh, i mean that happens don't get me wrong but most of the time it's it's those two things drugs or family yeah. i mean it's yeah, sad yeah. that most of the times it's somebody you know and and love yeah. That's the scary part. I've seen so many husband and wives get into fights and mistakenly it happens or, I mean, it's such a shame, but it's up there. It's up there. You know, yeah. it's high drugs. Doesn't I would, I, you know, it, it's as, you know, that's as good as any other 
option. And the Springfield 3, when I first had suggested it, I forgot what a rabbit hole it was because I was just looking at something that wasn't solved that we could discuss. And I forgot how good it was because I started looking. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how fascinating this case. I mean, unfortunate, but fascinating. Because you could just go on and on. I mean, you could look into those lives and find one thing after the next. You know, that's why there's so many things that come yeah, yeah. up. So what um what is you, what was your what do you think happened? Do you have any? Yeah, I do have a theory about what the motive. Now, I, it's probably quite, well, it's 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 probably totally wrong, but it's just my theory. No, on yeah. Happened. I I was always a bit concerned about the debts that the husband left her with. That is the that's Cheryl. Yes. There was never really any explanation as to why she downsized to a smaller house. Whether it was because she downsized, you know, just to downsize for her and her daughter and get away from it all, or whether she downsized to pay off some of the debt. Or did somebody come looking for her for the debt on that night and her daughter and Stacy being there was just unfortunate Lindsay. because you know when you're saying that the biggest thing that i hear people discuss is who was the ultimate target and the reason that makes sense it's money and she was the only one that was supposed to be there it wasn't supposed i think i mean that is entirely possible that they came for cheryl and the two girls were there. And you, the surest way to get a mother out of the house is to put a gun to your door. I mean, say, just say they came in, they saw the girls. What are you, what are you going to do? The first person you're going to grab is the daughter, because, of course, Cheryl's going to, that's my daughter. You know, that that would, I mean, that would make sense as far as getting them out of the house. Cheryl's going to jump. I believe whoever it was got them out of the house because there was no scenes of struggle or anything in the house, was there? Nothing. So somebody got them out of the house. Now, whether he got the mother out of the house, you know, got Cheryl out of the house, and the girls arrived, yeah. I don't know. It was already out of the house. Because there's no sign of anything apart from the light bulb. And, well, they, know, they said uh, the, I mean, the bed was, was um, the bed looked like somebody had slept in it. They did say the the bed was ruffled, but regardless, yeah. it timing wise, that doesn't. It's just a matter of when they came. We don't know when they came, and you, it, I mean, if they didn't, why was the living room telly on? Why that was the living and room telly on though, and why was it at it? Like I'm trying to think of back then. I mean, cable had come out by then, but why was it on? A channel that wasn't, I mean, it was it was doing that um, wavy the thing, static, yeah. the static. Yeah. That's when it's not on the right channel. How did that happen? Because if you remember before we had what we have now, if you just turned on your TV, static was automatically on. Did some, I don't know. That is another really weird thing. Why was the channel on a non-channel? I, I don't yeah. know. Those boys, you know the two boys, Justin Reckler? Yeah. I think it was three boys. I think it was Justin Reckler, Mike Clay, was it, and somebody else. Yes, yes. They actually ended up, not, they actually ended up getting no prison time at all for that um, grave robbing. So what was, was it? And they pleaded guilty and got nothing. They got a fine, slap on the hand, 
but they got away with it. So what would be the point of murdering the two? You know, the three women. That's what I kept thinking. Like, I mean, I'm like, here. You you barely get a slap on the hand for anything. Nothing would have happened here. So yeah, that was always a weird thing, but. I'm thinking, how? What the hell could have happened? I, you know, I just, I'm telling you, that thing with the mom being the target rings so true to me uh, because it doesn't what, make. What is your theory then? My theory what, was, what do you think I mean, I really see. This is where I get baffled because, I mean, I know they didn't get any time for it. I was thinking those two guys. But see, the problem with this is the girls weren't supposed to be at that house that night. But regardless, I'm thinking that they came over to talk to Susie Streeter, tried to scare her, got them out of the house to scare them, and then something just went awry. Like, it wasn't supposed to happen like that. Because you never really hear about them. They've never been in the new... I, I mean, of all the things I watched, I've never seen them talking. It's like they just disappeared. They did the perfect crime. That kind of thing. Like, they just disappeared. Let's keep our mouths shut. We've, we messed up. To me, I'm very much not... Like, I know people were bringing up sex trafficking... I don't know. That's so convoluted to me. And the serial killer, Robert Cox, never made any sense. But what you said about the mom being the target, that, for some reason, it just rings so true to me. Although, whatever happened, I think, I really believe in my heart was not supposed to happen. I don't think the intention was to kill that night. I think... It got out of control. I don't know why I think that. Maybe because there wasn't a big disruption. There wasn't a robbery. She had the $800 in her wallet that was never taken. If it was a true robbery, they would have been ripping apart, you know, a little bit to see, like, is there money? Is there jewelry? Everything was there. They just got those girls out. You know, like, let's get these girls out. So they got them out for a reason, and they never came back. So I always think it... Something went awry. I don't think they were meant to be killed that night. I think it was a it was an accident, and then they just and it well, turned out to be the perfect I crime. Think that's a good theory. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I mean, no, I do. It, it, I do. I think that's a great theory because I, well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't believe it's sex traffickers because I think sex traffickers would have turned up for the girls, but not for the mother. Uh, yes. I don't believe that. Yes. I don't believe I don't believe the drug deal. I don't believe the drug deal. And, I, and, as I, and as I remember, the guy who was supposed to be the drug dealer who did it was completely cleared. He was he, he was ruled out. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's to me that sounds. I mean, the only thing that I've got with that theory is whether Justin and his mates were clever enough to get, get yes. away with the rest of it. Yeah, because I could picture you like know, one of them smacking him in the back of the head, like "Come on, you idiot!" You know, <laughs> you know, like I don't even believe you're serious. I know that it's like whenever the guy put it, per- one of the podcasts I listened to put it perfectly. You can fit anything in, and you can discount everything. That's what makes this case so mind blowing. It it's one of those ones. It does. It would drive you mad. Yeah. I mean, if I was that Kathy Baird, if I was that Kathy Baird, I'd have gone mad. Yes! Unless, unless they find them ladies in bodies, they're never going to go anywhere with this case. Never, never, anywhere. No, you're you know, right. It's just conjecture. 
That's true. That's it. They they never found even a hint of the bodies. I mean, that is nothing. nothing. That is the most disturbing part to me. And are they under this concrete? I mean, they've been saying that about Jimmy Hoffa. And then when they finally did dig up where he was supposed to be, he wasn't there. So, you know, I... I don't... These people who did this crime were clever. Yes. There's no doubt about it. They were clever. Yes. If they were going to get rid of the bodies, they would not have, they would have not have put them in a bit of spare ground that was going to be made into a bridge or a car park or whatever. They'd have took them out into the country and got rid of them there. Yeah. And who knows? I so, mean, if they did get them that far out, at this point, their bodies are dust. You know, I mean, does anything remain this long? I don't know. I, I don't even know. Doesn't no, eventually things... Once in a while, maybe you'll find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and then. Yeah, what what happens? I don't even know. Any explanation for being dead is that they're they're definitely. I think they're definitely dead. Oh yes, yes. Uh, You know, I can't think of. Yeah. I mean, but unless they find them, and I find it in our lifetime. Yeah. When they do find them, they'll probably just be skeletons, and they probably won't even be able. I know that's very, very sad. And I, you know, and I really do feel the stasis. You know, it's heartbreaking as a parent. You know that you, you know, that you ne- like. Whenever I see these 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 cases, the mothers just rip my heart out. I mean, the parents in general. I just seeing her, like you said. I think, my God, she doesn't. I, it's got to be the worst because then you're just imagining the worst. I, I mean, that's torture. Yeah. Yeah, my heart goes out to Stacy's mom. Absolutely, I. Yeah, it does to me too. I mean, it's in. I'm the, I'm the brother. Oh yes. I mean, you know, he never got he never got to make uh, make it up with his mom, and he's got to live with that for the rest of his life too. So, you know, and apparently, looking at the um, thing I saw, he'd really cleaned his life. Oh, he looked good. He'd really cleaned it up. He looked really yeah. good. Yeah. So. Oh, that well, was a good one, you know, Lyndon. Well, do you think we've What's that? Do you think we've solved it? Ah, oh, we're we the best. <laughs> we're we're Sherlock and Holmes. <laughs> you, you should run it past Jim and run it past Jim and see if he thinks we've got it wrong. Yes, yes. I'm gonna absolutely. I always ask him questions. I remember I was torturing him with the Zodiac. He's like, "Oh my God, if I hear the Zodiac one more time," <laughs> I kept thinking, "Do you think it's him? Do you think it's him?" You think it's him? Look at this guy. Listen to it. I'm always running my theories, and he's like, ah. <laughs> he's got his own issues. Oh, brilliant. Well, I, know, I know that uh, I am really looking forward to the Alaskan boat one. Oh, I, this one, because of the complexity, the Alaskan one is next. The the pro- See, I don't know that much about boat fishing, so I'm trying to learn the terms, and it's a Good story, though. I'm telling you, Lyndon, this story, this is another rabbit hole because I cannot imagine what happened was one day. Now, the people saw the, 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 uh, it was called the investor. It was a boat in Alaska. It, this guy, Mark, he was his, his boat, the investor. It was a big salmon season and it was attached to these two other boats. 
Now, his wife was on the boat with him, his two kids, two deckhands. Uh, there was eight total people that were killed, but they never really did identify two of the bodies. And they blamed this one guy for it, which, you know, did he do it? Did he not? And the thing that was weird was they tried to set it on fire, but there was a lot of mistakes the guy made. Although the morning that the fire was started, the guy got off on like a skiff, a little boat, and he was waving to the other people on the boat. And I do believe he was obviously doing that to not alert people of what he was doing. But that was the killer. And and they just and people said we all saw him, but there was 500 other guys in town because of the salmon fishing. So it was a it's a real tough one. It, it really I could see why they had problems That's with great. this. Yeah, it's a good one, but it's a shame because it was the it it was you know a family. It was the the woman was pregnant, and and it's sad, you know, like and it was one that was never solved. And they spent, this was like one of the top, Alaska spent so much money on these trials. They went through about two or three trials before they just closed it because they couldn't get the one guy. I'm not even sure if the one guy was who they said it was. You know, it's a real iffy case. There's no real, um, it's the same with this. There's, there was bodies, but they were burnt and there's not really that much uh, evidence left behind. It's a real mystery. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Sounds like, yeah, it does. It sounds really good. I remember when you first put the uh, the little um, pen um, description of it up on your profile. I thought, yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah. I got a couple people, too, that were like, when the Atlantic, I said, it's coming, it's coming. But, you know, like you said, it takes a long time to, because I want it to be, you know. yeah. Yeah. With this one, it was good because I'm like, well, if. You know, together, if you, if I, if I forgot something, you'd be here. But when you're by yourself, it's really hard <laughs> because you don't yeah. want to forget anything. I mean, lose, I mean, if you, you know, and you know the troubles I have with editing, but I think I've, I think I've cracked audacity. So yes, woohoo! Yeah, will be done by audacity. Yeah, all right. I can't. Me out, <laughs> you're getting there, Lennon. It's not going to be an old one either. Oh, my God. Oh, that's exciting. I am excited. I know. Oh, my God. And absolutely. It's only the road from me. From, really? Me so bad that I've decided to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's going to so be it's, I think it's 2010. That's not far back, is it? No, not at all. That's, that's very new. I'm telling you. It takes so yeah. long to get any more. You need everything. You need everything to convict someone. <laughs> Again, yeah, definitely. We really, we really have to do it another time. Yes, yes. So uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, you know, in the, in the, in the future, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lyndon, so much. I love it. This is great. And I will, I'm going to edit this thank and then you. get it right out. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no, fuck. To the right view. 
And Mistress of Murder. Mistress of Murder. And this is Murder at Bedtime with Lyndon on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. Coming up with a new one very shortly. I certainly am. So. Anyway, you have a nice evening, Deb. You. T- for that, and I'll talk. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye, Lyndon. Bye. Okay, that was Lyndon, everybody. I'm going to give you a slight break, and then we're going to wrap it up. This is my girl, True Crime Bones. Well, hello there, and this is clearly not WQ speaking. (laughs) Hi there. This is Marissa Bones from the True Crime Bones podcast, where it's all about South Africa. And if you like listening to Infamous as well as New, never before covered true crime cases just want to know more about the dark side of South Africa then don't be afraid to pop on over to the true crime bones podcast after you've listened to today's episode the right shoe podcast which is going to be excellent by the way so without further ado I present to you the one the only loved by many an amazing host Debbie Q. Thank you to Marissa. Thank you to Lyndon. I uh, the sound might be a bit off because oh, it's been a. I've had I have a lot of things going on this week. Um, I was sick for a week, and then we've had a personal issue happen that's preventing me from. I I had to just do it where I literally. I, it's been tough. But thank you so much, Lyndon. Um, this is Debbie Q with the right shoe. I we I of course we <laughs> I don't know if we saw the right shoe, uh, if we saw the Springfield three, but Lyndon, I think he is absolutely onto something with Cheryl being the target. Because the two girls were not supposed to be there that night. You know, as far as this Robert Cox, that always looked to me like a crock. I just don't. I, I'm sorry. Unless, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I just think it was something that went awry. Like I said, that's a true rabbit, rabbit hole. And I suggest, get, if you are interested in the Springfield 3, I there's no standout books that stick to me. I, not, they're written, but nothing more that you can hear on a podcast or, a you know, a, a the, there's a lot like on People Magazine investigates. There's a Springfield three episode. Disappeared has an episode. It's a little old, and it's a sad thing, you know. I mean, it really is awful. And poor Stacy McCall's mother has never gotten any type of closure. My heart goes out to her that she's had to all these years not even know what happened to her daughter. So this is Debbie Q, and you're listening to the Right Show. 